Hey, would you stand as we get ready to pray for the message today? Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. And God, today we just stand in honor of you. We stand in honor of your word. And Father, we ask today that you would do a great work in us. God, today we believe that you are going to begin to shift the way that we think and the way that we believe. And Father, we just thank you for your kindness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Hey, I want you to know that today it is not an accident that you're here. God has a plan for you today. And um, it's an amazing plan. I don't exactly know what it is, but he does. And uh, he's going to talk to you about it today. Well, hey, we're in the middle of a series right now called Reveal. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed the series as much as I have. Um, man, I have, uh, uh, when you study God's word and, and you dive in, um, man, he shows you fresh things. He shows you new things. And so I get excited to communicate the things that God is sharing with me. Um, this series, this word reveal, we focus on this word. It means to disclose something. It means to hold nothing back. And we see in John chapter 14, as we've talked a lot through this series, that Jesus came back to reveal some big core ideas about himself to his people. And as he revealed some things to us, Jesus held nothing back from you and I. He wanted us to understand and know it all. And week one in our series, we talked about how Jesus came to reveal the Father. And when Jesus came to reveal the Father, he held nothing back about the Father. He wanted to make sure that you knew, you saw, you experienced everything that the Father thinks and feels towards you and I. In fact, there's no other way to see the Father more clearly than through the person of Jesus. So much, in fact, that any thought that you've ever had that is unlike Jesus is actually not God the Father at all. Because Jesus is the perfect reflection of the Father. Secondly, the second thing we talked about is that Jesus came to reveal the way. Last week, we talked about how Jesus came to reveal a brand new way. It was a way for the people of the day that was completely different. It was foreign to them. It was a way that depends fully on him and his sacrifice. And his sacrifice, in fact, was so great for the people of the day and us today that no other sacrifice from that point on was ever required again to pay for anyone else's sin. That meant that people never had to pay for their sin ever again, as long as they accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior and allowed him to pave the way for them. Wow, so incredible. His way was so different, in fact, that the people of the day, they lived off of a system of do, do, do to get a relationship with God. And so many Christians today, they still live off of a system of, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. But Jesus introduced a system that was called done. It's done. It's done. It was done on the cross. It's absolutely done. So today, uh, we're going to continue, and we're going to look at um, the next big thing that Jesus came to reveal to his people. Now, before we talk about thing that today, I want to make sure to just, we're going to have a moment of transparency. It was so funny, my wife and I on Tuesday night, we were going to play volleyball as we do uh, every Tuesday night during the summer. Um, there is a team of, 
I'm going to say 40-somethings because most of us are. Now, my wife would argue with me because she's not 40 yet. But uh, there's a team of us. We are 40-somethings. And we go to Mansfield, and we play at the community center there. And it's so funny because most of the teams are all quite a bit younger than us. And uh, we go, and we dominate every single Tuesday to the glory of God. And um, so we dominate, and we are on our way. And... And that day was just a little bit extra stressful of a day. And we had a lot of things to do before we could get to the game. And as we're driving, I had one of those straw that broke the camel's back moments. Have you ever had one of those before? And where life is just piling up on you. And so in the midst of Chris and I learning how to be a foster family and what that looks like and the new stresses and tensions that that brings into a family, um, there has just been a lot going on lately. And we're driving, and we got four things to do before we get to volleyball. And we're on our way to volleyball, by the way. And I hate being late, okay? And so we pull up to drop our car off somewhere with a friend, and we pull into a construction zone. And we cannot get into the neighborhood. Now, I don't know about you, but man, when the, when the straw drops on the camel's back, and it's just about all you can take, it's like, Really? I've got to take a four-minute detour around this neighborhood and waste four minutes of my life because you construction people, you are working after five o'clock when people are coming home in the neighborhood. Shouldn't it be obvious that your tractor should not be in the middle of the road? Now, I know this just seems quite dramatic, but it was the straw that broke the camel's back. So like, I'm like jamming the car in reverse and I'm like... Like pulling around and my wife's trying to follow me. I don't know what she's thinking. I mean, I whip through that thing and I'm like pulling through the, the neighborhood to get in there another way. We drop the car off and I'm like, I'm still a little tension. Now we drop the car off. So I jumped in my wife's car and we got to go get food now. So my wife chooses a place because, so I'm kind of casting blame on her. So, sorry, baby, it's not her fault. So she, she chooses to play, hey, let's go to, let's go to Jack in the Box. She had no idea that on the way to Jack in the Box, there was going to be another construction zone. And by this point, I'm like, we're going to be late for volleyball. And by the way, okay, I'm not going to tell you that part. We're going to be late for volleyball. And I'm just ticked off. And I put my, my head in my hands, and I just lean down with my head between my knees. And like, I know you're all laughing right now, but it was not funny at all. <laughs> and I tell my wife, I'm like, babe, we're in the middle of this message called Reveal. And I'm, I'm supposed to talk about how everything that is in Jesus, he is revealing who we're supposed to be in Christ and that we can have everything that he has. And right now, I'm doing a really bad job at revealing him. Actually, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm failing right now. So I say all that to say that when preachers get up to preach and when leaders get up to lead as Christians and as Christian leaders, you've got to know that we're humans just like you. And these sermons and the Word of God is for us as much as it is for you today. So if this word is for nobody today, it's for me. And so um, are y'all ready for the word today? So we're going to take a look at John uh, chapter 14, verse 20. So we've read uh, this, this whole section and we've talked a lot about it over the last couple weeks. Uh, this is just a part uh, in John where Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's getting ready to go to the cross, and he's dropping some big ideas on them. So what's the next big idea that he drops on them? He says, when I'm raised to life again, 
you will know that I am in my Father. Now, you guys are all thinking, well, didn't we already read something about this in week one? Yes, and Jesus had already told his disciples this same very thing. Now, I think it was because Jesus had a lack of confidence in his listeners that they just did not get that he was actually the Father. So he tells them, hey, okay, let me tell it to you this way. Once I die and I go to the cross and I'm raised again, then maybe after you see that and witness with your eyes, then maybe you will actually believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. I've already told you this, but maybe after you witness this occurrence with your own eyes, then maybe you will actually believe in me. And not only that I am the Father, then he says this next, he says, and you are in me. Did you know that the Father has always desired that you would be a part of the perfect unity that him, the Son, and the Holy Spirit had in the very beginning? Perfect unity. He said, I want to bring you into that. And if you still don't get it, let me say it another way. Not only are you and me, but if, if you are in me, then that means that I am in you. Did you know that Jesus came to introduce mankind back to himself again? Think about that for a moment. Jesus came to introduce you back to yourself again. Because humanity along the way forgot who he was and who he was supposed to be in relationship with the Father. So, because of that, when Jesus walked on this earth, he lived to reveal who we were created to be in perfect relationship with him and the Father. And because of salvation, we get to share this with the Father just as Jesus shared it with the Father. Today, the title of our message is, Jesus Came to Reveal You. Say that. Jesus came to reveal me. If you want to know the desires of God for you, look at Jesus. To sum up what Jesus said in John 14 in your notes, wrote this down. It says, just as the Father was in me, Jesus said, and I revealed him, I will be in you, and you will reveal me. You are my new reflection to the world. Wow. What a heavy responsibility for you and I, right? Not so much as we learn about all the empowerments that come to us by being in relationship with God, but let's talk a little bit about what this life in Jesus looks like. Let's talk about who he was and what he did and what that reveals about you and I. First of all, we notice that Jesus reveals our new position. John 14 says, you have a brand new position. You are not all out on your own anymore. You are not of yourself anymore. In a, in a dead nature, with a dead nature, you are actually brand new. And this life that Jesus revealed to you and I is a life of absolute togetherness and oneness. You and me, me and you. In perfect union with him. Um, I want you to understand something for a moment. When we are in perfect union with God, we understand that 
The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 that we are a brand new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Chris, can you run up here really quick? Can I get one more um, volunteer to run up here real quick? I don't care. One of your fellow teens over there. Your elbow, your elbow in my man right here. Do you mind coming up here real quick? He's like, really? He's like, it worked. So Aiden, if you get mad at me, be mad at your boy right there. He was like, come on, buddy. Get up there, dude. You got this. Okay. Now, we... Sorry, you're a little more staturally. You look, your body type is more like Jesus. Okay, so we're going to make you like Jesus, okay? You're Jesus. Here's, here's, the, here's the, actually, you're like, you're God. Here's, the, here's, here's Chris, dead before salvation. Now, the Bible says that when you come into Christ, you're a brand new creation. And it actually says the old is gone, the new has come. And the Bible talks about a lot of things about our sin nature and our broken nature and our flesh nature. And here's what the Bible says. Okay, stare at God the Father. Okay. Now, of course, I'm Jesus in this, in this, this drama up here, okay? Obviously, right? Totally joking. So when Chris turns to me and says, hey, I realize you're the way. Yay. So glad. I've been trying to show you my whole life. Okay. When this happens, there's an exchange. The old is gone, and the new has come. So now everything, sorry, Chris, I know this is super awkward. Okay, I just, I just need you to get in me for a minute, okay? So everything that Chris perceives about life now is all perceived through the person of Jesus. And when the father looks at Chris, who do you see, Daddy? Your son. Does he see Chris anymore? No. That's why when God looks at us, he sees us righteous and perfect because he sees a son. Aren't you glad? And, and although Chris is still walking in the flesh here on this earth, the Bible says really something really interesting about our flesh. It says that Chris's flesh is cut off and dead. So now we need to do something new. Although Chris is still walking on this earth, here's how we consider ourselves. Imagine a gigantic sword between me and Chris, and we're going to cut off Chris's flesh. Okay, Chris, go away. Go away. Go. Bye. (laughs) Chris's flesh is now gone. And so everything that Chris does is through the person of Jesus. Okay, you guys can sit down. It's the craziest concept it's the most amazing thing, but Chris's flesh is absolutely cut off. So when God considers Chris, he never considers Chris's flesh anymore because he's been saved. The Bible says that he has been given a brand new heart. The old is gone, the new has come. So when I say that Jesus reveals our new position, we got to understand it's a new position, one like you have never experienced before. Some people believe this with their head, but They don't quite believe it in their hearts. And you can tell by the way that we talk about God the Father and our relationship with him. Because now, now I'm sharing in the, this is God here. Now I'm sharing in the perfect unity that God desired for me from the very beginning. The perfect unity that the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit had. I walk in that same unity here on earth. I know this is like crazy big stuff, but follow with me for a minute. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you can identify whether you fully identify with God's word 
word and his new perspective and new position about you, or if you think something different, you can identify it by your words. You would say things like, I'm not really close to God because I haven't been to church lately. Oh, really? I'm far from him. I I need to get back where I used to be. Now, I understand what you're trying to say, but you also got to understand because your old nature was cut off, Jesus and the Father share perfect unity at all times, all the time. The only thing that is different between you and Jesus is just how you see yourself. Jesus walked in full obedience to the Father. So he shared in amazing blessings, and as he walked along the way, there were amazing things along the way. But when you don't see yourself the way you were intended to live, it's like you living like this because you don't see yourself in Christ. Therefore, you don't see yourself in God. Therefore, you are thinking to yourself, I am not close to the Father, when the fact is, you're close to the Father. You just don't see yourself close to the Father. Did you ever see the Son ever talk about separation between him and the Father, ever, as a human being? Never. Did he ever allude to the fact that he was far, or even hint to the fact that he was far from the Father for just one moment? No, neither are you because he is right there with you. We just need to get this out of our head and we need to convince our hearts of this information. We're talking about our position. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 1 through 3, since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, on things above where who is seated? Where Christ is seated. At where? The right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not only on earthly things. For, this will help make sense now that you saw my great illustration. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ. That's why when the Father looks at you, he sees Jesus. Because your life is now hidden. You have been You've received an incredible upgrade in your position in this life. We have been raised up, the Bible says, promoted straight to the top. Where? With Christ. Where? Seated at the right hand of the king. Did you know that in ancient times, sitting at the right hand of the king was a symbol of trust? It was a symbol of unity with the king. So much, in fact, that the right hand would carry out the desires of the king with the authority of the king. This new position we have in God because of Jesus. Now, remember, he reveals who we ought to be with Christ, the new you. This new position is a position of honor. God looks at his right hand and he looks at the son and he says, son, I invited you to sit here with me Because I love you, I trust you. As a matter of fact, I love you and I trust you so much that I trust that you will carry out the very desires of my heart. Close your eyes for a moment. If you're not comfortable with this, you don't have to, but I want to speak into your heart for a moment today. Because God looks at you the same way that he looked at his son. Because Jesus said, you've been elevated with Christ at the right hand of the Father. And the Father looks at you today. And all the mess that you think you are, because you still see everything that you do in the flesh. But he doesn't. 
in the mess that you are, he looks at you and he says, my son, my daughter, I love you just the way you are. When I look at you, I see my son. I love you and I trust you and I seated you right next to me to carry out the very desires of my heart. You can open your eyes. This position is not only a position of honor, but it's a position of authority. We see in 1 Peter 3 and 22, we see this. It says, now Christ has gone to heaven. He is seated at the place of honor next to God. The angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. Remember, Jesus came to reveal you, who you are in Christ, who the Father sees you to be. The angels and authorities in heaven accepted the authority of Jesus as if it was God's authority. Did you know that God looks at you today and he says, I trust you so much that I trust you to rule with me and I have given my authority to you. And as you sit at my right hand, I honor you in front of all creation. I am not ashamed of you. This is not the type of authority that you might be thinking of. It's the authority, it's, it's not domineering and it's do, not dominance and it's not forcing. We see that God forces his will on no one. But it's all about revealing the plans and heart of the Father to humanity the same way Jesus did. I believe so much, in fact, the authority that God gave you that he puts you in a neighborhood to reflect himself to your neighbors. He puts you in a workplace to reflect the Father's heart and to carry out the Father's desires in your workplace. He has put you in a position in your city so that you can carry out the desires of the Father so that the Father's heart can be revealed in you in the place that he specifically puts you. I believe specifically that God married you to the person that you're married with today so that he could reflect his heart to your spouse, to your kids, to your grandkids, to your aunties, to your uncles. Authority to reveal the heart of the Father to his people. This new position that you've given, have been given, is a position of authority. It's an amazing position. The next thing that we see about Jesus is that he not only reveals our position, but he reveals our perspective. Our perspective. Jesus shows us something amazing in our new perspective. He shows us what our new life perspective should be. What is that perspective? His perspective was a surrendered one. It was a surrendered one. We see in John 14, 10, Jesus says, It's the words I speak are not my own, but the Father who lives in me does his work through me. His perspective was so surrendered about who he was that he didn't even speak his own words. He only spoke what the Father said. He only did what the Father thought. Now, I don't know about you, but I would look at Jesus and I would say, you're Jesus, speak, say whatever you want. And he would look back at me and say, no. I want the Father to be written. Now, when I say Jesus, we're not talking about Jesus in heaven. We're talking about Jesus as a man on earth. He would say, no, I am here to reflect my Father, not me. 
You are here to reflect the Father, not you. Some of you in here might be going, no, because Jesus was God, but Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man to show you how mankind should live and can live here on this earth. Let me ask you a question. Did you ever see Jesus drawing attention to himself in the Bible? No. He always spoke what was on the Father's heart. He always followed the Father's will. In fact, Jesus was actually with the, at, at a well with a woman called the Samaritan woman. And he told this woman after he revealed the Father to her, he said, true worshipers will worship my Father. He didn't say true worshipers will worship me. He was even commanding the people of the day, don't worship me, worship the Father. Now, Jesus is a great person for you and I to worship because he is God. He is worthy of all worship and all praise. But as he walked on this earth as a man, he had a mission to reflect the Father and only reflect him. Jesus said, I'm not going to speak my own words because my own words have no power. I know you're like, Sean, you're bordering on heresy. As a man... Jesus' words had no power. So Jesus knew, why would I speak my own words? I'm only going to speak the words of the Father. It just so happens that he's the one that had power in his words and created all things in the cosmos and all things on the planet. His words are pretty powerful, so I think I should speak his. I know. It's crazy. You've been serving Jesus for a long time. It's crazy to imagine what he has come to reveal about you and I. Not only was his perspective a perspective of surrender, but it was so humble. The Bible says in Philippians 2, 6 and 8, this kind of brings some biblical context to what we've been saying. Though he, it's talking about Jesus, though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling on to. Another scripture says as something to grasp or to understand. He didn't consider it. He came down fully as a man. Then it says, instead, he gave up his divine privileges. Jesus did not give up his divinity because he was fully God. But when he walked down on this earth, took on the body of flesh, the body of a human being as a Man, he gave up his divine privileges. What were those divine privileges? Everything that comes with being God, like being at all places at all times, like being all-knowing, like being all-present, like being all-powerful. When Jesus walked on this earth in the form of a man, he left his divine privileges, the Bible says. So with that, he took on the humble position of a slave and was born as a human When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. Why? Why? Because you and I, mankind, we needed somebody to look at to reveal to us who we could be in Christ. And not only who we could be, because that's what the church often says, but who we are in Christ. The Father lived in full obedience, or Jesus, the Son, sorry, lived in full obedience to the Father as a human being. Jesus was telling the people today, don't be impressed with me. 
I'm here to reflect the Father. Don't worship me. Worship the Father. I mean, he of all people should have stolen a little bit of glory for himself. But don't you think? But do you see Jesus ever stealing glory for himself in the Bible? So that the Father would be lifted up, he lowered himself. Our new perspective is a lower perspective. It's a perspective of humility. It may do us good to do like Jesus did and say, my aim is to draw attention to the Father, not me. What if we did that? What if we were more concerned about the Father getting glory than us getting glory? What if when I spoke to you, I was, I was never interested in beefing up your ego anymore or trying to make you feel good, but I was interested in lifting up Christ in you so that he could get the glory out of you? When I pray, I don't know about you, but I, I would suspect your prayers are a lot like mine. God, reveal yourself in me today. Reveal yourself through me today. Show me, show yourself to the people around me today. Be lifted up in me today. I know you've called me here for a purpose. I'm not walking here out of my own breath and my own life, but I have been raised anew and I'm, and I'm trying to understand your way and to follow your way. And I know that your word says that, that your way is all about revealing Christ to the people around me. So be lifted up in me. I'm just going to give you a strange picture. I don't know how, how real this is, but I want you to come back to this picture of the father looking back at, at Jesus, looking at Chris, the father looking at Chris, and Chris's dead nature is over there. And so as we're walking around and we're talking to one another, we ought to see one another the same way the father sees us, so we ought to see Jesus in each other, right? When we go and we go to encourage Chris, that I go, I'm not going to lift up Chris in you because I see Christ. Man, God is so good in you, Chris. So look at that amazing wife that you have. I know that in the flesh, which is dead anyways, and we're not supposed to get, I know that you've walked through some tough things. I know that your heart hurts like my son's heart hurt, but I've got amazing plans for you, and I'm gonna reveal myself in you in ways that you could never imagine. I want you to forget about what you're walking through, and I want you to look up at me. You are amazing. Chris, the father says, I put you at my right hand to live and rule with me. I trust you. I love you. I don't care how you see yourself. I need you to see me the same way I see you. It will make you stand up straight. It will make you walk different. You will be confident. You will speak boldly. You won't care about what people think because you will care about me being revealed in you. So with that, hold on, with that, why would I as a person ever come and try to stroke your ego and lift up that old dead man? Why? Why would, I want, why would I want to come and stroke your ego when your flesh is dead, when you have a new creation here, and I'm supposed to lift up Christ in you? Why would I go try to put life in something that's dead? No, I'm going to lift up Christ in you when I talk to you. I'm going to let Christ be revealed. Christ came to reveal something in us, and he came to not only reveal our new position, our new perspective, but our new purpose. I'm out of time today. His purpose was simply that you would reveal the Father. That's it. I don't need to re-preach that again. And his purpose is that you would serve well. Serve what well? Serve his purpose well. 
By staying dead. By identifying yourself with Christ. By seeing yourself in him. By seeing yourself the way the Father sees you. He doesn't pay attention to your dead sin nature. Neither should you. Our takeaway today, Jesus came to reveal me. Think about it. When you see Jesus as a human, you you attribute to him as being God, which he is. But as he walked as a human, he gave up all his divine privileges to walk on this earth to reveal you. Not who you could be, not who you should be, but who you are. It's up to you whether you live it out or not, but it is you. You can't change the fact, I don't, you can't change the fact that you are your father's son. You are your father's daughter. Now, whether you walk away from your house and whether you go live another way and don't live under his blessings and, and don't live under all the things that he's provided you, that's up to you. But he still sees you as a son. He still sees you as his daughter. Jesus came to reveal me and I am growing into a new position. I am his reflection to the world. Man, what a great series these last three weeks have been. I don't know if you've enjoyed it. Jesus came to reveal the Father to you and I. 